welcome back everyone to another exciting episode of Healing for the Soul podcast with this being season number five, episode number two. So today I have Brendan on the show and he is talking about public speaking. And before we get started, remember every week I feature different guests to help you become the best version of yourself through different methods you may not have heard of or thought of. So let's get started. And if you hear my baby Glenn, you know he's practicing to become the next CEO of Healing for the Soul. So let's get started. Thank you, Brendan, for being here. I really appreciate it. Robin, the pleasure is absolutely mine. Thanks for having me. So what is it that inspired you to do this work that you do, especially in public speaking, because we know that that's the number one fear a lot of people have is public speaking. They fear it more than death. Absolutely. Very true, Robin. They do, uh, which is unfortunate. But how my story started was when I was in college, I went to business school and I studied in the opposite of what you'd expect a communication coach to study, which is accounting. So I was a numbers guy. That's what I focused my time on. And that's what I studied in. But as I got older, what happened is I started competing in these things called case competitions, Robin. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So while other guys my age were playing rugby or football or soccer or basketball, I was one of those guys. I did professional sports for nerds, which was presentations competitively. And that's how I learned how to speak. But then as I got older, what ended up happening was I started coaching a lot of these students on how to speak so that they could win competitions. And I accidentally got really good at communication coaching. And that's what gave me the idea to start Master Talk because I felt that a lot of the information that was out there wasn't really available for free. So I just started making videos on public speaking and here we are today. That is awesome. Cause yeah, you are right. There's not a lot of videos on public speaking. Even to this day, there is not a lot of them. And, then, and even if you do find them, they're either paid or they're not really helpful or informative, which that makes sense. So was it kind of like debate that, that you were talking about, like for the nerd? Oh, you got to rub So it's similar to debate, but a little bit different in the sense that in debate, that's why the case competition is such a small community. In debate, it's kind of like you have a topic that you're debating. So you have abortion, let's say. So one side is for, one side is against. You have climate change. One side is for, one side is against. And case competitions is specific to the business community. So I'll give you an example. Let's say Amazon comes up to us and says, hey, I really want to get better at putting my stores in the right locations. Where should I put my next one? Should I put it in New York City? Should I put it in Fort Lauderdale in Florida? That's an example of a business problem. So what we do as a team of students is we look at a 20-page document from Amazon's executive team. We figure out the best solution, where they should put the store, and then we pitch it back to the panel of judges, and the best solution ultimately wins. And the reason I did these competitions, because you might wonder why would anyone put themselves through this, was because it was the gateway for me to get my first job at a business school. I saw it as my golden ticket, and everyone gets jobs from doing that. That's a genius idea because I'm like, yeah, you think about it. Like some of that stuff I've had to learn in the real world of owning my own business, like where to market, like how, like what location is going to serve me better. That's why I've had three locations in two years because I'm like the first two locations weren't cutting it. But the next one, the, the third one that I'm currently at actually was the winner. 
And I'm like, I don't know how that works, but it does. So like, what's the biggest challenge with the public speaking that you've noticed? For sure. I would say for me, the biggest challenge with public speaking in general, Robin, is consistency. So I'll give you an example. Let's say we take the random word exercise, which is the easiest drill I teach clients. The random word exercise, you pick a word like headphone, like wall, like phone, like copper, like ceiling, like home. And you create random presentations out of thin air. This serves two different purposes. The first one is it helps you deal with certainty. Let's face it, Robin, life is filled with uncertainty. So when you meet somebody new, let's say at an event, at a party, you have no idea how that conversation is going to go. It's completely random. You don't know what the dialogue is going to look like. And you push through it anyways. So that's one piece. The other piece is realizing that if we can make sense out of nonsense, we can make sense out of anything. And that's really the magic. If you can talk about avocados for 60 seconds, I mean, talk about your business becomes a joke. That's the power of the random word exercise. But here's the challenge, Robin. A lot of people are listening to that tip, but they aren't investing five minutes every day, just five minutes to do the exercise five times a day. And if you do that for a month, you'll have done the exercise 150 times. And if you do it for 10 months, five minutes a day, You'll have done it 1,500 times. It's just most people aren't willing to be consistent with it. That's all. I would agree with you. Because <laughs> consistency is a huge, huge, huge problem. That's why um, I don't like when people say that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing every day, accepting different or expecting different results. And I'm like, no, that's the definition of consistency, not the definition of crazy for the insanity. I'm like, totally different. Don't get them confused. Because, yeah, consistency is huge. Because, yeah, you are right how it compounds over time into doing more. You think it's something small, but it actually helps on that roller coaster. I like that how you talk like the cell phone even. Right. For about being able to talk about, you can talk about like that nonsense. Well, then everything else just gets easier. Exactly. And you're the golden example of consistency, by the way, because I've done hundreds of interviews in my life. And this is the first time that somebody is interviewing me with the baby. And what I love about that, Robin, and why I think it's the example to follow is you're someone who doesn't make excuses because 99% of people, they go, oh, my God, I got a baby. Oh, I feel so bad. I need to reschedule with Brandon until like three weeks later. Whereas you go, no, 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 this interview is happening. So it's going to happen. I appreciate that. I think that's actually a great example to say, hey, team, if Robin's bringing her baby to the show and is making it happen, why aren't you doing the random word exercise five times a day? And I think that's the the message that I think you're sending so well, actually. <laughs> I appreciate that more than you know, because I was actually, I, I just got done doing a live because I was starting to break down. Because I was like, I wonder if I'm actually like, um, I, I've actually been wondering if anybody actually is like, you know, maybe I'm inspiring them or maybe I'm just like, cause we all get into our own heads. Like, like you just said, like the excuses. And then I was like, you know what? Maybe I can't do this because my baby, because I don't see other therapists doing this. I don't see other people doing don't like the podcast, like you even mentioned with their baby. Like, I don't see other people doing this. And here I am. I'm like, I'm doing a normal everything. 
I don't have a choice because he won't take a bottle. But I mean, like outside of that, I'm like, this is my like normal how I'm still doing things. So it's like, um, that was a nice, that, that was nice. It was 100%. That was all God using you just now to give me my, uh, instead of beating myself up, that was a lift up. I appreciate that more than you know. I was definitely not expecting that because I'm just like, um, there's so many things that I'm, us women get into in our heads. We really, really do. 70% of my clients are women. So I completely understand and acknowledge that. And that and that's the point, right? One of my one of my mentors in life is a guy named Steve Hardison. He always asks this question: who are you being in any area of your life? And who you're being is how you show up in the world. Even if you have the worst day of the world, if you show up as someone loving, as someone caring, you'll always be that person. And I think it's so easy for us to go in the opposite. Right, you show up on an interview, you go, Oh my god, there's a baby here, and they start freaking out versus just going like, Hey, let's just have fun because life is about having fun and enjoying each other's company. Yeah, it it definitely is. And then um yeah, because I know there's some people out there, I'm just like, Well, I'm always like, Well, if you don't like them, that's okay. I'm not for you. But and then at the same time, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't say that too loud because like what if i'm pushing the wrong person but then like um what you just said though too is is very true um with with everything so i i appreciate it because yeah there's a lot of things that are uncertain in life and you know what that's one of those word exercises you know instead of doing the excuses <laughs> i'm i've got them right here like <laughs> A lot of people use their kids as excuses as to why they don't do something. And I'm like, my kids actually are the reason why I do something. They're, Very they're well whole, said. They're my whole why. Um, they're actually why I want to get off of disability is because I was perfectly fine, you know, doing whatever. And then I had my first baby and I'm like, no, I need to start doing a legacy. I need to start building for them what they're going to do long-term. So that's where that got started in that area. So um, see, he's got to do his talking now too. <laughs> um, so what should we start practicing tomorrow for public speaking? For sure, Robin. Great question. So, so now let's go back to the 18 ball analogy to make this simple. Communication is like juggling 18 things at the same time. So one of them is body language, one of them is storytelling, one of them is eye contact, one of them is facial expressions, and the list goes on. But for me, because that's overwhelming, right, is what are the three easiest balls to juggle? Because if we can juggle those, it's really easy for us to get to the next level of our communication skills. So ball one is what we talked about already, which is the random word exercise. So just do that every day in your shower with your kids so that you really get the results from doing that. That's one. The second ball is the question drill. We get asked questions all the time in our life, but most of us, Robin, are reactive to those questions. We wait for the question to come up and then we go, um, uh, this is how I'd answer it. This is how I think through it. This is how it should be. And that's how we live our life. So reactive to those questions versus being proactive. I'll give you an example. 
few years ago and I started guesting on podcasts, I sucked, Robert. I remember some guy asked me, where does the fear of communication come from? And I looked at him and I said, uh, I don't know, man. Los Angeles? London? Right, Minnesota? I don't know where this thing comes from. I'm Minnesota. Right. So, <laughs> that's where I'm from. Oh, that's awesome. So I wasn't sure where the fear of communication came from. So I made something up. And then what happened was I started being more proactive. So every single day for five minutes, all I did was I answered one question that I thought the world would ask me about my expertise, my products, or my services. But if you do that for five minutes, just five, for a whole year, you'll have answered 365 questions about your business and you'll be unstoppable. So that's number two. And finally, number three is sending video messages. Just pick five people you love the most in your life. Could be a family member. Could be a client that really believed in you. A friend. And just send them a 20-second video message just showing them appreciation for the love and the work that they've done for you. And those are my easy threes. I like those. That's awesome because that's something I've, I haven't really thought of like to do before. And I'm sure our audience hasn't either because most of them may not like public speaking. Like we already know that part of it. Um, so then do you know why we do struggle with the public speaking so much? Absolutely. So of course, back then, my answer would have been like Chicago or Minnesota or something, but obviously I know where it comes from now. So the answer lies in the education system. And the reason, Robin, is because where do we learn how to communicate ideas? The answer is school. Exactly. Right. High school, elementary school. But all of those presentations, Robin, share three main challenges. The first one is that all of those presentations, unfortunately, are mandatory. We have to present. We don't have a choice in the matter. A hundred percent of them you have to do. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, hey, Robin, you want to get breakfast and present all day? Nobody says that. So that's problem no. number one, right? <laughs> so they're mandatory. Number two, they're always different. So it's never a question of, hey, what do you want to present? You're not presenting something you're passionate about. You have to talk about Shakespeare and poetry. You can't talk about your kids or your family or what you're building with healing for the soul. Like you have to talk about what you got to talk about, which is Shakespeare and poetry and then uh, the Renaissance. So you're always presenting something you don't really care about. That's the th second problem. And the third problem, which is the most important, is all of those presentations, Robin, are tied to a punishment. So if you don't do a great job, you get punished for it. So what's the punchline? We grow up believing because every presentation is mandatory. Every presentation is not tied to a passion. Every presentation is leads to a punishment that we believe that communication is a chore. So it becomes one and nobody wants to get better at doing the dishes. Oh, that explains a lot, especially like in business, why like 90% of all of our problems are communication. Like, even between my husband and I, it's like, all of our problems, communication. And it's not just because he's hard of hearing. It's, it's yeah, you nailed it dead center. Like, exactly what it is. That makes 100% sense. Because, yeah, anytime we get that punishment with it, 
like even the, the teachers, I remember every single report card never failed. I'd get some teacher that would get upset with me for going above and beyond or thinking too outside the box. And I'm like, I cannot think inside the box. I've never been able to think inside the box, especially in business. I, I'm trying to do like one thing. Everybody's like, do one thing. I'm like, I can't do one thing. I don't know how to do one thing. And I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe that's why I had more than one kid because I can't do just more than one thing. <laughs> I got six, but you know who's counting? Oh, six kids? Yeah, the oldest is seven. And he's the youngest at five months. Oh my God, that is inspiring. You, you know what I'm, I'm hearing so much from this intro, but I really want people to get from this, Robin, is everyone listening, what's your excuse? You know, there, there's a great question one of my coaches asked me once. And the question was, are you making an excuse to do the thing or not do the thing? So there's two types of people in the world. There's people who always find an excuse to not do something. And there's the second type of person is they'll always find an excuse to do something. So regardless, and my God, you have six kids. The oldest is seven, not even like 14 or 19, seven years old. So all of them are like little minions running in. Yes. <laughs> And two of them had to have disabilities on top of it. My God. And you're running a business and you're doing an interview on a Friday evening because you're probably in the same time zone as me. You're the epitome of someone who doesn't make excuses. So everyone listening, you better schedule five minutes every day to do the random word exercise and do the question drills and the video messages or my goodness, you're in trouble. <laughs> I would I would definitely say, yeah, because I even tell everybody, I'm like, for, for all the moms that got less than two, that have less than three kids, I'm like, you got it easy. You, you can shut yourself in the bathroom for five minutes, ten minutes. Me, the second I get home, all hell breaks loose. <laughs> it's like, just give me five minutes. That's like, I just need five minutes. <laughs> That's what I've told the kids. I'm like, just give mommy five minutes to get her stuff together. <laughs> My God. So, yeah, I'm like, that five minutes comes in handy. And, and that five minutes, for whatever reason, is very powerful. So I can attest to that, like the five minutes, like even with like the word exercises, but then even the five minutes of being able to deep breathe to keep your stuff together, to keep your cool. And it's like, for whatever reason, I'm like, it doesn't take that much time, but it works. Exactly. So what's a way that we can present better online? So I know that's something that I've struggled with before too. Especially like everybody's like, you gotta keep it short. And I'm like, I can't. Absolutely, Robin. So here's the way I think about it. So when we think about presenting online, there's three main differences between how we present in person and how we present online. So the first one is eye contact. So when we're practicing in person, when we're pitching in front of real people, we constantly move our body to the people around us because we want to look at the different people in the room. But when we're online, we only have to look in one direction, whether we're speaking to one or 10,000 people, which is the camera lens. So the trick is you want to keep your eyes on the lens whenever you're speaking online. So that's number one. Number two is energy. Let's face it, Robin, it's a lot easier to show up with energy when you're in person. Because when you're in person, you see people, 
you can give them high fives, you can give them a hug, you can interact with them, and you have a lot more accountability. Like even now, even if I'm showing up the best I possibly can for this interview on a Friday night, I'm still wearing pajamas. Right? You don't have that same level of accountability. Whereas you're in person, you gotta shower. You gotta show up in the morning. You gotta shake hands. You gotta smell good. Right? There's a lot of different things you gotta get right. And what's the trick? The trick is get better in person and bring more of that energy back in the online world. Finally, the last key difference is accessibility. So accessibility just means that when you're in person, if I want your feedback, you're right in front of me. We could just get lunch after. There's no friction there because we're in the same room. But online, there's a lot of friction because the second that Zoom call ends, boom, it all ends. And then you're done. So that's really the key, right? So how do we fix that in the way that we convey ideas, in the way that we show up in the world? So the way that we do that is by forcing those interactions. Get on calls with people in your audience, meet them, talk to them, get to know them, and you'll get the result. I like that, especially because I know I struggle with looking at the camera. I, I really do, but it's kind of tricky with him. So I got an excuse right now, but you know. <laughs> It's all good. Uh, I'll uh, I'll leave I'll leave you off the hook. I think I think you're going to be the exception to the rule here. You got a lot going on, so so I'll let you go. <laughs> okay. So then, where did the idea for the master talk come from? Right. So what happened was when I was when I was in college, Robin, and I was doing those case competitions we talked about earlier. I mostly did them to get a job. Right? I wasn't really looking to be a business owner or an entrepreneur. A lot of the executives at Amazon and these different companies, I worked at IBM for many years before I went full-time on MasterTalk. They were recruiting students because they wanted the students who were doing case competitions. So I did them to get a job. But what happened is I developed an insane obsession with those competitions. I fell in love with them. I wanted to be so good at these competitions for the sake of winning. I just was super competitive. And I accidentally developed a talent in communication coaching because I was coaching all those students to do better at these competitions. But I wasn't charging them any money. I didn't even know you get paid to be a coach when I was younger. So I was just helping them. But then when I got older, when I was probably 22 years old, in my last semester of college, I had the idea for Master Talk because somebody came up to me, one of the 60 people I had coached over the years, and he just asked me a simple question Where did you learn? how to speak. And I looked at him and I said, what do you mean? He said, well, did you join Toastmasters group? Did you watch YouTube videos on communication? How did you learn to communicate ideas? And I looked at him and I said, I don't really know. I'm kind of self-taught. That's how I learned how to speak. And then it dawned on me that what's obvious to me isn't obvious to other people. So I just started watching YouTube videos, Robin, on communication. And I was horrified by what I saw. All of the tips weren't really good. They sucked. They were really general. They weren't practical. They were really boring. So I, I was so naive, I guess, and fed up of all the bad tips that I just started making videos in my mother's basement to do something about it. I just never expected it to turn to what it is today. That's awesome. I like that because it's like, yeah, you started like where something simple. You saw a need and you went after it. Absolutely. That's where I struggle. There's a lot of people that don't know how to parent. And I'm like, we got to learn how to reparent ourselves. Because I had one lady, she's like, well, yelling isn't so bad at your kids. And I'm like, no, I used to be a huge yeller at my kids. 
And then I learned that I needed to reparent myself. I learned the techniques and I'm like, nah, I don't yell near as much. But that's something that people do need to learn how to do. That's a whole other subject than what we're talking about. But I like that you went out, you found a need, and then you're solving it. Because you are right. There's a lot of videos out there. Like, even on TikTok, I'm like, this is not helpful. <laughs> not like, what are you doing? So what daily exercises can we use to practice communication? You mentioned like the word, um, oh, I forgot what it was, but it was like the word one that you had mentioned. Sorry. Of course, of course, yeah. of course. Um, so you mentioned that one. You mentioned um, like the Toastmasters even. But what ones would you recommend that people can start like right now to start working on communication? Absolutely, Robin. So let's recap that for the crowd because you're right. There is a lot of tips here that we're giving away. So let's recap that. So the first one is the range of word exercise. Pick a random word like light bulb, like home, like window, and create random presentations out of thin air. Right. So that's just pick a word. So like your oldest one, who's seven, you could do that with them. Maybe not the the, the one that you have in your arms right now, because because he's still a little bit or she's he's just a little bit young. But for the the seven year old. That's great. So let's say you're picking them up or your your husband's picking them up from school. You give them words and you say, hey, uh, your word is lip gloss or home or video game. And you have them create random presentations. That's how you integrate this in your day-to-day -day life. That's one. The second one is the question drill. Pick a question. So for example, as a host, you'll also be guesting on other shows. So what are some of the questions that you want people to ask you? And how can you prepare for those questions in advance so that you have an answer for everything? Or if you mentioned your business or a therapist, let's say somebody asks you questions about your services, how do you answer those questions in a way where people go, yes, I believe in what Robin's doing. I want to invest in her. That's the second piece. And then the third piece is really going back to the video message is make a list of people that you love. Just send them 20 second video messages. Hey, I'm thinking about you. I just wanted to wish you and your family incredible new year. I hope you had a wonderful week. And that's really the secret to doing all three. But here's the most important point. The most important point is not looking for more tips. The most important point is to understand Robin, that if we communicate 20% better than our competition, we will stand out 100% of the time. So what does that mean? That means book 15 minutes in your calendar every single day to do all three exercises, to do the range of word exercise, to do the question drill, to do the video message, because the best way to speak is to speak. So if you're not actually practicing this, you won't get the results that come with it. I love that because, yeah, I, I was actually giving myself an excuse of not speaking was because, well, I don't go to Toastmasters. And I'm like, well, that's the way to build it. And I'm like, but there's got to be a different way. So I'm going to start with those few tips. That you, or not few tips. But you, gave, cause you gave a lot of tips. But I'm going to start with one or two of them and then go from there and build on it. Because, yeah, that would be extremely helpful. Because how can we present better, like, in the group presentations then? Because would those still apply, like you said, um, starting, like, with a window? Absolutely, Robin. So a lot of those tips do apply, except now we're going to add a couple of more exercises on top of that. So here's the most important one for group. It's called puzzle. 
communication is like jigsaw puzzles. You know those toy puzzles you used to... I guess you are currently playing with all of your kids. Yeah. Sure am. <laughs> yeah. So when we work on a jigsaw puzzle, the question we need to ask ourselves is which pieces do we start with first? And the answer is the edges. And the reason is because the edges are easier to find in the box and they're easier to put together. So when we do the edges, then we work our way into the middle so that we get the results that we're looking for in our lives. Super simple. Why am I bringing up puzzles? The reason I'm bringing up, Robin, is unfortunately, we do the opposite with our presentations. We shove a bunch of content in our presentations. Shove, shove, shove. We get to the presentation. We ramble throughout the whole thing because we started with the middle. And then the last slide sounds something like this. Uh, yeah, so thanks. Not the right approach, right? So instead, what we want to do is implement what I call puzzle, which means start with the edges first, which is practice the introduction 25 times, 20 to 25 times. The intro actually won't take you that long because the intro is like one or two minutes, right? So it'll take you one or two minutes. It'll probably take you like 45 to 50 minutes to really get it started. And that's how we master that, right? And then it's the conclusion. So the conclusion just means what's a great movie with a terrible ending? And a terrible ending just means that at the end of the day, let's practice the conclusion, right? The conclusion 25 times. And then we work our way into the middle. And that's how we do puzzles. So I'll repeat that again. Edges first introduction for 25 times then conclusion 25 times and then go into the middle so that way you're spending 30 minutes doing the intro 30 minutes doing the conclusion and that builds up your momentum to work on the presentation more efficiently and that's puzzle i like it especially um talking about as a puzzle because i love puzzles the worst puzzle i've ever had to put together was a paper shredder accident wow that was not good, but, um, and that was a cross cut paper shredder. So it cut both ways. Oh my <laughs> God. I will never, that was, um, I was glad that I am a pro at the 2000 piece puzzles and the 3d ones. By the time I got to that one, I'm like, I leveled up. I was able to do it. <laughs> I thought you know when you're good at puzzles. There you go. But that was very beneficial because I can see that yeah, you'd want to start on the outside and then work your way in. Absolutely. And and I'll give you a couple of bonus tips since you got since you got a couple of kids running around. And this will save you a ton of money. This is actually the only tip, the most important one that you should be implementing, Robin. I call this the buyer's presentation. So the buyer's okay. presentation is really simple. Every day your kids are always asking you to buy something for them. Mommy, <laughs> can I get this chocolate bar? Can I get this toy? Can I get this? So instead of just saying no and being frustrated all the time, here's what you do instead, Robin. You say yes and. So you say yes, but you need to build a five to 10 minute presentation as to why you want that thing. So what happens? 80% of the time, what the kid will do is they won't want the thing anymore and you'll save a bunch of money. And then the other 20% of the time, they'll actually build the presentation and at least work on their communication skills. So there you go. <laughs> I love that one. That is awesome. Yeah. yeah. I can pass that on to parents that have teenage kids because that would help them out. There you go. 
So is there any advice on how to communicate if you're introverted? Yeah, for introverts, what I would say is it's the same advice, but also realize the importance of saying, wait a second, when we're introverted, there's a couple of things that you're doing right that we don't actually hear enough about. So let's go through them. There's three things. One, introverts are much better listeners, Robin. And the reason is because they speak less on average. So because they're talking less, it's a lot easier for you to show up and to adapt your messaging to the person you're speaking with. So that's the first thing. The second piece besides the the listening is the pause. Pausing is the most important skill set in communication. Knowing when to pause whenever we share a message. But here's the punchline, Robin. The punchline is introverts are really good at this because they speak less on average. So naturally, it's easy for them to pause. Whereas with somebody like me, who's an extrovert, I'm like an extra extrovert. I'm a bad listener. So I'm always talking. That's why I'm a good guest because I like talking. And then the other piece is when it comes to besides listening, the second component to that is pausing. So with pausing, I suck at pausing too. Because whenever I'm at a party, I'm at an event, and there's a space, I immediately want to fill it up. So what's your favorite color? I'm always trying to, to love the space. And then the third and final strength that introverts have that they don't know about is accessibility. So let's say we take somebody like Gary Vaynerchuk and Brene Brown. So Gary Vaynerchuk is a great example of someone that you either love or you hate. So there's no in-between with that guy. He's like the CEO of VaynerMedia. He's got a per huge personal brand. So I'm a big fan of him. I like him. But then there's other people who go, oh, my God, I can't stand this guy. Whereas Brene Brown, nobody says, I hate Brene Brown. Nobody. And that's really the key is that when you're more introverted, you're more accessible. So triple down on your strengths would be the advice. Interesting. And I'm thinking no one, I, I just like, I'm the talker between my husband and I, I'm like, I'm the one that can do all the talking. And then I've had a couple friends say, you know, he talks a lot when you're not around. I'm like, really? I've never <laughs> known him to talk. <laughs> So I don't really know if that's true or not, because I've never been that fly on the wall to know. But at the same time, um, yeah, now I'm thinking about it. Maybe that's why I was attracted to him. Like one of those strengths is because I'm like, if only I could stop and think before I speak, do that a little bit more, I'd be better at it. But I like it how it's a pause instead, because I was always told I need to stop and think first. So, are there any book recommendations that you would recommend for speaking? For sure. I'll give one. The one book I'd recommend, Robin, is Thirst by Scott Harrison. Scott Harrison's the CEO and founder of Charity Water. It's a nonprofit he started to help people gain access to clean drinking water. And the reason I'm so passionate about Scott Harrison's book is because he's a great example of someone who went from being a nightclub promoter in his 20s in New York City to building the, America's largest water charity. And he's a great storyteller. He's exceptional. I think the, the guy's raised hundreds of millions of dollars to help people gain access to clean water. I think the guy's brilliant. And there's a great quote by Pope Francis in the book. That that's why I love recommending it. And the quote is, all it takes to have hope in the world is one person. And why can't that person be you? I love that. 
I love that a lot. That is a really good quote. Especially because now I'm thinking about myself and what we, what you mentioned earlier, like for the no excuses with the baby. And I'm like, maybe I am changing it. I'm changing it for the moms out there who are like, they don't want to go to the nine to five. And I'm like, I don't know. I do just fine with mine, but I'm, some days I wouldn't hire me, but other days I'm like, I would fire me just because I get too much after myself on things, but it's all good. I mean, let me start with this, Robin. I don't know about the moms, but you definitely impacted my life. I was actually really tired going into this interview because I had like 10 calls in a row and I still have one more in 15 minutes. But you really energized me because you, you reminded me of how easy of a life I have because I don't have kids yet. I'm not in a relationship yet. I still with my mom. So I better make the use of this time because I don't think I'll have six kids, but I'll definitely have a few kids of my own in 10 years. So I should really capitalize on this opportunity and never make excuses because Robin is definitely putting in more time than I am. I think that's so that's definitely impact for me. Well, I appreciate it very much. And then um, where can people get a hold of you that are listening so they can be like, hey, I want to work with Brendan. Absolutely. Happy to share that. And so great to be on the show, Robin. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I appreciate you being here. Like I said, it's been extremely helpful. Of course. It's my pleasure. So two ways to keep in touch. The first one is my website, rockstarcommunicator.com. I do a free workshop over Zoom on communication every two weeks. We just had one today, this morning. And then I do my next one, the 27th of Jan. And then we have twice, twice, two of them every month. They're live, they're interactive, and they're super fun. So you can jump on one of those Zoom calls for free. And the second way to keep in touch is my YouTube channel. Just go to Master Talk in one word, and you'll have access to hundreds of free videos on how to communicate ideas effectively. Now I know where I'm going to be at. <laughs> Double time on working on all of that. So I appreciate it. So you said the next one was the 27th of January? Yep, you got it. 27th of January at noon Eastern Standard Time. Oh, so it's 11 o'clock my time. I don't got anything going on. I guess I know what I'm doing. There you go. You okay. can bring all your kids too. <laughs> They're always welcome. They're the action. Well, so many people think the reason why I have an office, well, I've, I've told people the reason why I have an office is because of the kids, because like I couldn't do what I do. But the real reason why I have an office is because I'm too busy at home playing with the kids, wanting to do things with them instead of doing what I'm supposed to be focusing on. Absolutely. I love kids. I just do. <laughs> yeah, you do. It's, it's clear as pudding. My goodness, if you didn't like kids, I'd ask you a very different set of questions. <laughs> uh, that's, that's true. So I appreciate this so much. This has been so much fun, Brendan. I really, really appreciate your time, your energy, and I'm sure our audience does as well. And thank you so much for tuning into Healing for the Soul. And be sure to follow Brendan. Where can people follow you outside of YouTube? Are you on um, Instagram or TikTok, anywhere else? Absolutely. So I'm on three other platforms. I'm on Instagram, which is Master Your Talk, because I couldn't get Master Talk. It's the same handle for TikTok as well, Master Your Talk. And then the final way to, to keep in touch is LinkedIn. If you can figure out how to spell my name, you could totally follow me on LinkedIn. But my name's hard to spell, so, so good luck with that. But if you can find me, I'm active there every single day too. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'll be looking you up. And I'll have somebody that actually knows what they're doing on TikTok outside of there me. You, there you so, go. That's, that's good. 
<laughs> I appreciate it so much. And thank you for your time and your energies always. And go out and make it a great day.